Oh, Carolina, what's happening? Everybody out there in podcast land, it is I. Uh, after after some somewhat of a of a respite, it is I, Nick Mahalik here uh, with book record beer. It is season six, episode seven, and amid some uh, you know unfortunate events we are we are still here and doing doing the thing and i am joined by the one and i mean that the one the only <laughs> daniel defranco say hello hey guys how are you this is daniel defranco hello uh-huh. little nick and dan little nick and dan little nick and dan cast baby little nick and dan and indeed little power power outages uh abound yes power outages moments ago eliminated <laughs> mr gregorio R.I.P. Like he touched a live wire, he is... He's gone. No longer walking among us. You know, but he's got a good body of work left behind. Yeah. So, uh, encourage Debatable. You to check. Debatable. I said good. Um, yeah. I thought that was a <laughs> neutral term. He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> I was thinking exactly that. When we were like, it's yeah. a Nick and Tan cast. He, he doesn't edit it. He's not going to listen to it when it oh. goes up. So, um, go fuck yourself. Uh, oh fuck yourself, <laughs> Nikki G. <laughs> it's hilarious with you speaking into this, this just like seemingly archaic, like gigantic can of beans or something like that. It's your your oh, apparatus is hilarious. Whatever's surrounding yeah, your mic is is so awesome. I've got a um, isolation cube around my microphone. That's what he's referencing. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a gigantic uh, tin can of beans. Um, uh, it actually is. That's how we're recording. <laughs> that's, that's what. That's what we. Do. That's why you get that yeah. sound. That's uh, it's a little known sound. fact in um, in the audiophile world. It's a little secret here. Beans. Beans is beans. Key to victory. Um, they they absorb, they disperse, everything you want to do to sound waves to beans. Beans, the answer yeah. to it all. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's let's jump in though. I am I am a. Uh, a big fan of of all this stuff. I'm very curious, Daniel, to see what, is, what you what is the stuff what you thought about this stuff. So our book is um, one of these gorgeous collections from none other than Mr. David Sedaris. We are looking at Me Talk Pretty, um, and that is his 2000 release. So uh, that came out in 2000. Me Talk Pretty one day, um, and I believe. This is yeah. He won. He won the uh, Thurber Prize for American Humor on that. Um, the record is the first offering from uh, Domi and J D Beck. Uh, it's called Not Tight, um, and this is a very, very weird and interesting. I think in quotes jazz album, um, and I will be drinking today. A uh, delectable little number from uh, my local uh, good old Tired Hands. It's called Fuzzy Green. It is a cucumber IPA. This fucking guy moves to the suburbs. <laughs> and then he's all about the most overblown, over-appraised. Let me pump the brakes on you there real quick. Because I only know about cucumber being in beer because of Maniunk Breweries. Cucumber melon goza. And if you're talking about overblown, the goza sour fad was perhaps the most overblown. 
Let's be honest. And I'm talking about the brewery, Tired Hands. Not the oh, style. yeah, you do have a thing with them. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're consistent and good. But in any case, what are you drinking? Uh, since it is Oktoberfest, I am drinking um, what is going to be the Marquee beer. Oh, yeah. Because it's sure shit not going to be some milkshake IPA. It's not a milkshake. Yeah, I know. I know. So stop saying it. This is the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't that kind. What is it? What is, they did. What's the brand? The, the Vine Hestafaner. Oktoberfest. Oh, the is that? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like the oldest brewery. It's um, like 1065. It was. It started in an abbey or something. Uh there's that one, and then there's um, fuck. There's another one that says it's the, the drink of kings, uh, Bavarian kings. I, it says the world's oldest brewery, so I'm gonna say yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that one. Yeah, I know what so I'm talking about. I, <laughs> um, if you just walk to the nearest uh. You know, douche hole to get your beer, but okay, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, don't actually, pretend you for don't the record, visit. I, I tired hands is fine. They're fine. I think we I think not. you have. It, they they did start some of the things that that erupted into you know, douchemongery. Douchemongery, exactly. Yeah. So I was. Uh, we were at the uh, the Wegmans. We were out that way. So uh, it's not our usual place, but they've, they've yeah. Got you're beer you're and, you're quite a ways down the ridge there. Yeah, we were down there, um, and we I had the uh, Varsteiner Oktoberfest in one hand, and I had this one in the other, and this guy comes up, and he says, you got to do the uh, Weinhofstefaner. Nice. And he tells us, and he tells us, he was, he's like, I just had it a few weeks ago, I was in Oktoberfest a couple of years ago, mm. they serve it to you in this garden, and you're sitting there, and there's there's these trees, they're just like 500 feet in the air. Oh, my God. It's and he, he painted such a beautiful scene, and I was like, that's, that's the beer I want. And it's three dollars more, you motherfucker. Of course it is. It's the world's oldest brewery. They son of a bi- son of a bitch brought the Varstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this guy. I don't even know him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I razz, a little razzle dazzle, a little. Uh, yeah, Whew. he actually works for Wegmans. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, my next door neighbor growing up was a just a uh, enormous just brick house of a man, uh, and he had like. I, interestingly, he had like the the Playboy Bunny tattooed on him. He was in the Army Reserves and stuff. Um, loved beer, and he would go to Oktoberfest like every mm-hmm. year. And he was thrilled to put on the skin tight, you know, the whole outfit, the garb. Thrilled to 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 wear it, and he um, he would paint the same picture. It's he was like, it's the greatest thing. You've got to wear that. You've got to wear it, but also you got to go. I think that we should. At some point in our lives, Daniel, make a plan to go together. And let's make that plan on the cast. Let's uh, let's have this whole cast just be planning. Yeah, we're just gonna plan it. This, is, yeah, let's jump right, in. So. Let's jump in. You're right. I I love <laughs> I love that you're here. Imagine if it was just me and Gregorio. Nothing would have gotten done. If you had your power out, holy shit. Oh, yeah. That would have been terrible. You you, you guys get sponsors from Booking.com. <laughs> All right, so if I were to introduce you, um, there's a there's a distinction to be made here because Sedaris is always commonly referred to as a humorist, and I really started thinking about like what does that mean because I I watch a lot of stand up I I know what a comedian is um, I I know what a satirist is I you know and all this stuff but a humorist seems to like defy uh, I don't know like a like a nice clean definition um or boxing if you will so 
for me, the two that came to mind where I was like, okay, I could point to them is Daniel, for you, I chose uh, Bill Watterson. Uh, so you'd introduce me as Bill Watterson. As an American humorist. As an American Bill humorist. Watterson. If I was going to introduce you as an American humorist, it would be Bill Watterson, uh, the Ohioan who is, of course, famous for his uh, brief yet beloved uh, strip, Calvin and Hobbes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I love him for you because his humor, much like yours, is, is couched in a seriousness uh, that somehow m- makes it more funny, but, but also like uh, deeply affecting and, and touching. Um, and I think that, that you are able to do that um, really, really well. Uh, and so that is why I picked uh, one of my favorites. Well, in fact, the two I picked for you and Nick are my two favorite humorists and writers. Um, I really like Bill Watterson. Thank you. I of all time. That. Uh, yes. Who would, you, who would you introduce Nick Gregorio as? I would introduce Nick as Vonnegut um, because the, the positivity that, that like stems from Vonnegut's dark humor like mirrors Nick's a little bit, I think. The, mm-hmm. he, he, he is like a... a <laughs> In that, and I'll just to clarify, in that they 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 both seem forced uh, and at times even disingenuous uh, until you get to like the end of the story or get to know the guy better and you realize that oh oh no that is exactly who he is like he 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 absolutely is really um, trying to be positive in that way despite mm-hmm. these other things so that that's that's what I that's what I picked that's good. picked for him that's good yeah and he's never gonna hear that and that's a really good compliment that is so funny. I love yeah. that that's going to exist uh, without his knowledge. And he'll never know. <laughs> so um, you, you got me, uh, you put me in quite a pickle here, sir. Because they're like that the only such two, a niche I know. Yeah. <laughs> category of American humorists. Sedaris is the third one. There's only three. <laughs> there are. It was Mark Twain, Sedaris, and, uh, <laughs> and Vonnegut. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to add a fourth to this Mount Rushmore of American humorists. <laughs> um, I would introduce you as... Uh, American humorist, documentary uh, filmmaker, um, Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> nice. That's the, fantastic. Uh, I love it. Creator of uh, Supersize Me, if you're, of course. if you're unfamiliar with who Morgan Spurlock is, or if you need that that memory uh, jogged from 20 years ago, whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, took us by uh, storm. 15, 16 years ago. Um, the reason I picked that for you is because I've seen you at a drive through <laughs> and he did it for um, for art, and I, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it for like performance art. Eleven thirty at night, gotta get Popeyes, dude. Oh. How many times did you go to Popeyes? Oh man, did you shit your pants once they had the drive-through when you didn't actually have to get out of your car or go further? I, my history with that establishment runs deep and when they put one up in Roxborough I <laughs> oh my god I remember Tom Tom Band and I used to walk through the drive through up in New York when we were in college to get a half dozen biscuits a piece and just house them I the biscuits you see the biscuits I lo- I just eat the biscuits most of the time yeah you're a psychopath I love I love Popeyes you're absolutely right I I and when you said that I was thinking of a time I think it was like right around when Gabriel was first born where I went there but I had to like I had to leave the house I just had to and I got out 
I went straight to Popeye's and I, I got like the biggest meal. I never, as you know, get a huge, th- got a, the biggest mm-hmm. meal I could find and just sat in that Target parking lot. Yep, in your car and in ate my it car like and a sad person. Ate it like the saddest, <laughs> weirdest fuck. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm using the spork for the mashed potatoes, just thinking like, <laughs> what choices? What choices did you make to feel this way and need to do this right now? It was it was solitude, man. Oh, that was your man. Yeah, no, that's great. Spurlock for sure. Fantastic. There you go. <laughs> all, right. all right. Nice. <laughs> so all right, so let's jump in. For anybody that's you know, not familiar, Sidaris, um, the dude has been winning awards for humor, which, as we've just pointed out, is like like rare. It's not something that that happens often. And, and you know how I feel about awards if you do listen to this at all. Um, but I think the hardest thing and I say this to my students all the time and perhaps Daniel, you'll agree. I think the hardest thing to do is to make somebody laugh from what you've put on the page. Mm-hmm. I think in a, in a, I mean, not for me, but yeah, in a way. <laughs> obviously yeah. you're bill I waterson understand. i mean come on it's yeah. it's but yeah like in a one-on-one setting it's one thing like anybody can tell a good story at some point right like yeah. in a fam- familiar kind of situation whatever but to do it on the page and have yeah, somebody oh my god i mean it's why i fell in love with zadie smith and, and the rest so um in any case he you know he's been winning awards for like 30 years. He's a regular contributor to This American Life, uh, New Yorker, Esquire. They pick up his stuff all the time. So um, right now, I believe he's like just a little background. He's like 65. He lives in um, he lives in what is it like West Sussex, England. Um, and he has this hilarious story. So he reads all of his like if you get an audiobook of his, uh, he reads all of his stories and his mm-hmm. voice is this high pitched very just weird hilarious on its own tone uh affectation whatever you want to call it that him reading his stories and that is is like perfection have you ever re- listened to any of his audiobooks Daniel? yeah well not his audiobooks but i watched his, i've seen some interviews um some of his new york times stuff that that was um right you know he read yeah and i watched his his master class Oh, nice! I didn't realize he had one. Yeah, he. I can't tell if he's a psychopathic dickhead <laughs> or, or brilliant because <laughs> it might be both. It might be both. Yeah, yeah. He. I mean, oh man, just yeah. Listening to him to him read this stuff is is so funny, and he's he's lived a, a pretty wild life. Given that yeah. he's not someone that seems prone to living a wild life you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he literally just wants to live uh with his partner in a remote countryside place but and this was really funny i found this in the deep recesses of of, of maybe wikipedia or something um so he lives in this place uh, uh in rackham west sussex england and <laughs> this is what it said this is like the one sentence in his personal life, I think, on Wikipedia. Sedaris is known to regularly wear a headlamp at night and spend hours removing litter from roads and highways near Rackham, West Sussex, England. Because of his hobby, he is known locally as Pigpen and has a waste vehicle named after him. <laughs> I've, I've, I read that and I th- like about a year ago, and I thought that was so fascinating. That's the best. That he... It's just so eccentric. It's so, it's oh, dude. perfectly quirky. Perfectly. And the funny thing is, I don't know. I forget which book it's from. I don't think it's this one. Um, it might be Naked, where he talks about when um, 
they were going to buy the house. They were like looking at houses in England mm. and they found one on like East Faggot Sticks Lane. And he was like, this is it. We, I mean, how can we not? <laughs> and they, he's yeah. just, the whole story is about how hilarious that would be if they lived there. In any case, now you have, dear listener, a picture of, of the guy we're talking about. Um, David Sedaris. A, a, a um, uh, very gay 65-year-old from uh, half New York, half North Carolina, uh, who, is, who is hilarious. So um, I sent you guys three um, stories. It was Go Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the second one was was the the uh, guitar lesson one, right? Like giant dreams, uh, giant dreams, midget, midget abilities. abilities, and then of course the title story, me talk pretty one day. Yeah. Um. So like, I love. I think my favorite is uh, great selection, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was well curated. Um. The uh the first one, Go Carolina, is like one of the longest, and it's the opener. Um, but it's fantastic, and I think it, it's. It's wonderful writing um, because he he his storytelling is like on full display because he he sets up the image of like the we can do this the easy way or the hard way like an agent coming to arrest somebody you know at their home or whatever is ha- the the thing that he starts with um, but it's an agent from school like he's just a little boy and someone comes to his classroom and is and, and is like you need to come with me um, and and it's him going. To, to speech therapy um, which I don't know did you have speech therapy at all Daniel I felt like so many people did when I was growing up like it was a 80s 90s thing Not like everybody either. went to the trailers at some point and then only some of us myself and some others stayed for the f- for, for like the actual like full uh, full thing of it so I was in speech therapy for the exact same reason as Sedaris for like six or seven years like I used to talk like this exactly like yeah. him like my S's would slip couldn't make s's yeah yeah and um so you would do these exercises and it was always like a sadistic person which is kind of who he describes here who is like you know making you watch your tongue in a mirror do tongue push-ups to like strengthen the muscle so when so your tongue got big enough to not slip out past your teeth which is crazy when you think about it called it a lazy tongue right right he calls it a lazy tongue and there's a lazy this and a lazy that so um, I, I just have to start by asking, like, what do you, like when you're reading him, what do you think for you makes him so fucking funny? Like, cause this on the surface is literally just a story about him going, I went to speech therapy for a number of years and that's it. That's it. That's the whole story. So, um, I'm going to put these all into like a little um, conglomeration because I think they're they're obviously thematic, you know, that's why they're in the same book. Of course. Um, He manages to bring the, to to show humor in, in just these terrible, unfortunate situations. Yes. And in this one, he's going to see a speech therapist for, for a few months, makes it seem like it's forever. Yeah. But then you realize he's like three weeks later. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Man, you lived. You were living. You lived and in died those 21 a few times days. there. Yeah. yeah. You've been resurrected, yeah. brother. Yeah. Um there's the absurdity and the darkness of of just the mundane that mm-hmm. he just he just can he can just prick it. Yeah. You know, and and let it spill on the page. Um cuz nothing is 
I, I never found myself with a with a you know an LOL, but definitely amused, and that might be a a good uh, distinction between a comedian and a humorist, right? I think there you a go, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, this is amusing, but it's more than being amused because you know you can like fart, like babies fart, and they're amused. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's when he's tapping into that, uh, you know, the human condition type of shit. That's that doesn't really say anything. Me, me saying human condition doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of a platitude at this point. But what makes uh, a person with say like a speech defect? You know, yep. do we call it a defect? Okay, I don't want to use the wrong words. You know, um, I, I don't I don't know that there's Im- any sort of Im- impediment, speech impediment. Speech impediment is the the absolute the the proper nomenclature, yeah. Okay, that's that's what I want to go on record with. Uh, that's, how wanna, <laughs> that's how I want to That's how I want to Listen, Patton Oswald said it best, you know. We're we're going to we do our best and at a certain point we're going to we're we're not going to be in anymore. We're going to be like, you know, you know, t- 40 years from now I don't think we should be able to fuck our clones. And somebody's be like, ah, what the hell, man? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's where wokeness is, is, is I'm sure heading. So we do our best. We do our best. I hope that Sedaris has an essay on fucking clones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, where does his humor come from? Um, I really think it's in that acute eye to pick up on just, on, on these imaginary situations that that we create when we're in the situation right and his is are his his are so unique uh, and specific to him that um, he needs to um, give us these little ramps into it you know whether it's an agent knocks on the door we all know that yeah uh, giant dreams midget abilities you know he's talking about his father loving jazz yep so if we, we can relate to somebody wanting us to do something because they liked it yes. Um, and there's actually that theme, I think, in all three of these, right? Because you've got the yeah. the lady, the, the, the speech therapist who is um, a Carolina sports fan, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's her, that's her that's her thing. You know, she's she's really into she's really into that. And she kind of just, you know, I, if she were paid to do that, that's what she'd be doing. Yeah. So. So, OK, I'm, I'm, this is so you've got these people and they take these commonplace kind of mundane things so they can get you they put their hooks in you yeah just to show you how much you suck at something (laughs) yeah and he that's what he's finding he's finding he's like it's like he's being tricked yeah into into putting his insecurities on display yeah at least that's the way he sees it i think that's where the humor is is in this um kind of splashing around in the uh failing yeah, uh, side of the pool there. But having like it, it's so funny too because with the the title one, me talk pretty one day, like he's really prepared, and mm-hmm. yet he's still he's met with the worst possible scenario where he'll definitely be splashing around in that failing. But he because that's what life is. His you whole think you're thing prepared. was yeah, he was so so prepared, and and I love that that is near the end. And this one, he had no idea. He's blindsided by this. He couldn't have been prepared. Yeah, yeah there's a natural progression he, through these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but even in this, he's he's quick enough to have his mother buy him a thesaurus so he can replace any S word with a word that doesn't have an S. 
So he starts, I mean, what, it's a, it's a whole page and a half where he's saying uh-huh. all these things that are phrases and words that don't have an S. That's hilarious. I mean, the yeah, one. I got to find one of those because that was great. Oh, my God. The, the one for me, though, and I think this is, for me, it's, it's his, it, it's, there's a, a deadpan uh, quality to it. And there's this just, you know, really, really, really. Oh, just such a great eye for the right word. And I think that him introducing us to the fact that he was obsessed mm-hmm. out of necessity with a thesaurus for a while is it's you could miss it entirely. But then when you start reading the rest of the stories as a writer, especially just thinking about because I'm obsessed with how do you make people laugh on the page? I just find it to be an impossible, really just the most difficult thing. I hold it in such high regard. And for him, it's, it's 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 the word choice, you know what I mean? And and it's stuff like like here's one I pulled that I thought was the best. Um, and this is when in the very beginning of the story, he's taking notice of like who else has to go to therapy too, like because mm-hmm. it's a new thing. And he goes, none of the therapy students were girls. They were all boys like me who kept movie star scrapbooks and made their own curtains. He he could have said anything there to introduce the the complication that the queer boys are being targeted <laughs> for their speech impediments yeah. right like that yeah. that any any absolutely anything but the fact that he does it by saying made their own curtains that fucking image yeah. of a little boy just <laughs> sewing, sewing, sewing a curtain oh my god dude it's 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 so funny to me i i couldn't but it's sad too because i mean he's mm-hmm. talking about something brutal like you're being targeted because every yeah. b- boy that's going in and out of this speech, you know, uh, therapy, and it is, it's a windowless, I remember it to say, I was there for like six or seven years. It's a windowless room. You're in, it's hot as shit. He says that in there. I remember sweating profusely and then sweating because I couldn't get it. Like I couldn't, my tongue would constantly slip. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's the most, it's, it's almost like torturous. Like you're in the police station or something. And, um, but, but he, he describes that like, clear prejudice in such a way that like you're like wow i get it that's that's so fucked up but i'm laughing at it as i'm as Mm -hmm. i'm reading that um so to me that was that was i mean just so funny and then you know the end of that where she like is 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 kind to him right his his speech therapist after all this like you said it's only been a few weeks like in in december she's leaving and, and whatever and she's like real down on herself she's like i guess i'm just a failure you know and she, she she's like we're not going to do it today don't worry you know this is our last day it's the holiday why don't you have some cookies with me and this that and the third and uh and, and then ultimately he goes he goes you know you, you're not a failure you know you, you you did pretty good and and uh and and she starts cracking up and goes, oh boy, you 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 are gonna need some more. I'm recommending she tricked you. Him in, she tricked him into saying, "I'm sorry." I'm sorry, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. obviously, he doesn't say sorry. He says, I'm "Sorry." You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and then she starts cracking up. She's like, "I got your ass." <laughs> so fucking cruel. <laughs> so cruel. So cruel. Like, and uh, but the thing is, is it's still funny. You know, yeah. I mean, you're still you're 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 laughing like Adam and with him at the same time, but the whole idea of 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 it being just this this brutal uh i don't know man it just it's it's weird to laugh while you have a lump in your throat and yeah. and i think that's what what he's he's executing really really well there there's there's a subver- a subversiveness to this to all of to all of his writing that i that i feel that i've read um you know so let's go back to you saying um 
the the boys who made their own curtains. Yeah. Then he, I don't recall when reading this book that he ever says that I'm a gay man. I don't think he does. Yeah, but when he's talking about playing guitar and how his teacher <laughs> keeps referencing it, like, oh, it's it's like a lady, you know, you got to treat it like this. That's so uncomfortable. And, he, and then there's this. You got to name your guitar yeah. after a lady because you got a player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then he makes a sort of offhanded comment. He's like, he's like, I, if they gave me a, a flute, they think I'm a virtuoso or something. <laughs> yeah, because I could play the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's funny because I reviewed these three stories, but I, I forget if somewhere along the lines he does mention something. Um, uh, Hugh, for instance, which is his husband, I don't know if he if he mentions him in this i don't think he does but um yeah no it's 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 amazing like it's very clear but he doesn't he doesn't come right out and and say it and the um the guitar teacher is is funny i would say his father talking like jive slang is mm -hmm. is also hilarious and it's another one of those moments where like he he's able to to just conjure an image of a person like really clearly in, in, in a line, um, which yeah. I think is, is, is another testament to his writing. Like it's, it's just so, so fucking brilliant. Um, and again, to your point about, you know, <laughs> he doesn't come out right and say it, but he goes, you know, uh, his father buys him a guitar. Cause as we said, his, his dad loves jazz. I like that it was his his dad's like sort of rebellion to like jazz you know mm -hmm. um and he buys him a guitar because he wants his children to be like a, a a this beautiful jazz trio um and uh he goes a guitar had it been an anchor it would have fit the nautical theme of my room, but a, a guitar, that's, there's no place in, in my room for that, which was fucking also hilarious. He's know? more concerned with the aesthetic yeah, like, value of the thing. Where am I going to put this thing? Yeah. I'm not going to, not even a question of if I'm going to play it or not. Like, I'm clearly yeah. not going to play it. Like, it just, he's, 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 he's so old, I think. He's describing mm -hmm. a child who's, who's not even, like, precocious, just, like, already just our, yeah. the child's 50. You know, and and it's 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 fantastic. Um, Everyone's making decisions for him in all of these. Yes, and he has no he has no agency except in his internal life. Like he, oh my God. seems to know who he is and what he wants and what. But he, he still you fakes know. it, right? Like he'll still yeah play around. Like he was because you want to please people, you yes, know. Yes, yes. Like um, he wants the validation. I love that he goes, here's my fix for this. So uh, in the, the, second, the second story, um, Giant Dreams, Midget Abilities, where he has a, a, a little person as his, as his guitar teacher, uh, Mr. Mancini, um, who has a singular talent for making him uncomfortable, of course. <laughs> his <laughs> words. The dude was so... But you know what's funny? I had buddies, and I meant to ask you this, I had buddies who, who would say like, that during their lessons, you know, because it'd be these long-haired, like, rocker dudes that they go to lessons mm -hmm. at, like, George's Music or something, and yeah. they'd be like, they'd be like, dude, does does Buddy, does your drum teacher ever, like, talk to you about girls and, and whatnot? Like, 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 not in a, like, not in a grooming, but, like, in a, like, a bro kind of way. 
And and I I remember being like, no, dude, we play the drums for a solid hour, and then I go home. Like we play the yeah. drums. That's all we do, and it's very serious. Uh, and he's like, yeah, we spent like twenty minutes just talking about chicks in my grade, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on over there, dude? <laughs> That's fucking crazy. So this Mr. Mancini thing, when he's doing that, um, it, it, it like it just brought back all those images, um, which was which was really wild. But um, yeah brought back a couple for me i used to take guitar lessons when i was six for a few months at this shop that used to be up on ridge avenue called Koval's. okay um and i never took lessons with old man Koval, but i i took lessons there and i remember the smell of the shop i i sure i mean yeah i was in the I basement could, the drums were in the basement yeah, yeah I, I, I remember the exact smell exactly yeah and i had a friend that took lessons with Koval, and he said just like mid-lesson the old man would just like light up a cigar. <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, this is, this is, you know, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, sure. But, like we were kids. He was like six or seven years old, eight years old, you know? <laughs> so yeah, there was this weird, um, uh, it's like they're inviting you to the club a little bit. Yeah. It's I like guess, when your I uncles guess, do tell you a dirty joke yeah. or like give you a sip of beer or something like that. I felt like it's like a weird generation of yeah. dudes that, I'm probably I'm gonna teach you how to dude for a minute. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be in charge of young children. Maybe no, just, they have no business. No, <laughs> Are you no. kidding me? We're well, teachers. We know hour. this. Yeah, but it's only yeah. half an hour, and it is. It's like outside. <laughs> it's outside of the, you know, normal whatever. Uh, for 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 there's like your education, and then this is sort of a a, a cross between your life education and your you know, whatever education you're getting, your music yeah. education. Um, but like the thing that he thinks up to reconcile, okay, not only does this guy make me uncomfortable and my father is forcing me to do this and I clearly wildly brilliant. What's that? That's wildly brilliant because he thinks that he has an ally. He's like, yes, if I can show this person who I'm viewing as an artist. And this is his thinking. Like mm -hmm. this is not only my way out, this is my way to, to, to make him feel all right about how shitty I am at the guitar. Like, this is what we're going to do. And Sedaris, as a child, thinks that the out is to sing in, in not operatic, but like Ella Fitzgerald, right? Mm -hmm. To sing like Ella Fitzgerald the uh, jingles from commercials <laughs> and have Mancini back him on guitar. And he starts so belittling, <laughs> so belittling, but he says it. I love the genuineness of he, he truly thinks that this is the way that he's going to make everybody happy and himself included, right? That this is, mm -hmm. and he sings the Oscar Mayer waiter thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Mancini has to stop him at one point and is like, cool hold it. On, hold on. No, 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 no. We gotta, we gotta read the you, exact. You, you got the thing. I'm going to get it oh, because man. yes because uh, the phrasing is on. perfect talk about talk about word choice hey guy he said <laughs> <laughs> wait let's, let's 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 go back a couple he sentences he puts up here. his hands he's like hey guy <laughs> that Oscar Mayer has a way with it's like it's so written like hilarious oh my god I reached I reached the end of my tune thinking he might take this as an opportunity to applaud <laughs> or maybe even apologize for underestimating me mild amusement would have been an acceptable response but instead he held up his hands as if to stop an advancing car <laughs> hey guy he said you can hold it right there I'm not into that scene 
It's a fucking kid. Not only is it a child, it's a child who's taller than you, right? <laughs> so, like, the dynamic that he's created, and it's obviously true, right? But, like, picturing it, the way he set it up, is even more funny because of that. Yeah, so hey we're, we're missing a very important part that makes this, um, uh, it's not a vignette, but this this essay really, really, really even more poignant. Why does Sedaris think that he can go to this guy and he'd be someone that would truly understand him. He saw in Mancini an outsider. He yes. saw him at the mall or at the food court somewhere getting yep. getting picked on, laughed at, and he was- By kids, Sedaris's age. Yeah. It was like the boys in his grade. It was six, six grade boys, I think, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So there was, there's this compassion that he has as a, as a child, um, acutely aware of, of the nuances of even the adult world. Yep. And he thought that, oh, well, here's a guy that I think, like, we're the same. Because, exactly, because he says, Mancini chose to say, take it or leave it. Like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And, mm-hmm. and everybody left it, essentially. Like, really, it seems like everybody left it. And he, yeah. he is alone and by himself. And, and, and he had to, I mean, the scene is really kind of brutal, it comes off a joke, and then the scene is, is is Mancini trying to like peek over the register to see what even choices he had to, to order yeah. from, and then and then he's just being he's just being mocked by these kids Sedaris's age, and Sedaris wants to run up and smack him, but they hate him as much as they hate Mancini or like or, or mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, absolutely that compassion is is again just so adult. And, and and mature and so he goes yeah i i'm gonna make an ally out of this guy yeah like he's like a it's like a charlie brown character <laughs> in a weird way not mancini but sedaris. sedaris yeah yeah absolutely yeah like, like he just keeps he just keeps like failing while trying to please people and i think right at the end of the story is where he goes he has this uh, real I, I love this line because it's it's so I'm reminded of it often he goes that's what fantasies are for they allow you to skip the degradation and head straight to the top and this whole world that he creates in his head is 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 that right he he he's He's constantly, as we can, as is evidence from 200 pages of this book, constantly degraded in everything that yeah. he wants to do. But he can live these fantasies in his in his head because they skip all the steps it takes to, while being degraded to to, to get there. Um, yeah. And I just, I'm like, wow, that's why if you are, I mean, anybody, of course, but but particularly an, an artist or, or or somebody that like what you want to do is is like comically out of reach for like most of if not your entire life yeah that you live in this fantasy because that's where you skip what you're actually experiencing to get there yeah i think that uh his his humor comes from you know we're finally coming full circle on this is his awareness of humanity you know he's in touch with humanity um he doesn't seem like he is being given the, um, I guess, the same um, consideration that he's giving everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he and he finds the the humor in those missteps and pitfalls of trying to fit in. Absolutely, know? yeah. Because that's all you really can 
can do. He's actually in a very mature way as well. Figured that out real early on yeah. that like if you don't find the humor in it, you're going to be mad about everything. You, mm-hmm. You're never going to be all right. You're just going to be furious all the time. The absurdity, I would say more so absurdity, not humor, right, right. Right. Yeah. But it's it's absurd that it can be humor so much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it goes to, and so that's really, I, I, I think you've nailed sort of like this, this beautiful and, and, and large idea. And then it's interesting because I would argue too, that there's like this, uh, from a writing perspective, he's doing something here too, by, by titling it, me talk pretty one day by having such a focus on language throughout the entire thing, um, mm-hmm. that he's, he's actually really pointing out how important language is in shaping us as as a as an individual but also like as a culture and a society because he's going to paris is super prepared to speak french already kind of does and is met with a culture that is cruel and 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 unforgiving but also is eliciting like really profound understanding and work from him as well so like in that one he he goes you know dear dear listener he goes to paris with the intent of learning french he enrolls in class and he's a little bit nervous but he has done his due diligence and 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 has the basics he thinks uh to be able to speak it well and and exist and and hang in this class and uh the teacher is a i mean if we thought the speech therapist was an asshole this woman is is uh, nearly lucifer uh because she has them introduce themselves and then say what they love in in the world and no matter what you say she, she makes funny reduces you to ash uh, almost yeah. immediately um so we should we should point out that in this uh vignette this essay he's 41 years old and the <laughs> yes. other ones he was a child so we skipped you know the first one was the first story and then um the one with the guitar was probably what the third or fourth essay, if Correct, that. Yeah, you know, and then probably I, even the and then we second, jump. I think actually, we jump like 140 pages, and we're we're yeah. near the, the end with with the title track. Yeah. and so the, the symbolism of this, we don't have. I don't think we have to give a play by play of this last um, essay here. Yeah, of course, but yeah. it it ends beautifully. Like the whole uh, book collection of essays is. Um, they're, they're, they are thematic. Yeah. In the sense that it builds to this idea of he finally, finally, it, it, clo- it just kind of dropped on his head, realized, oh, I understand all the words. Yes. I can't say them. I don't know how to express my thoughts, but I actually understand everything that you said. Everything. Every, yeah. And it took him 41 years to finally understand. Yeah. But now, but now it's time to, you know, he still can't do. He's got to execute. There's a difference between understanding yeah. and executing. And, and now he's equipped to be able to do the arguably harder thing. Um, yeah. But, and, you know, and no one's ever going to be like, a guy like Sedaris is never going to feel like he's learned. Yeah. And that's you know, he's never going to say that yes i finally talk pretty right and and i don't think that he would be him if he did yeah. is the thing because i he is i mean anybody if you mentioned sedaris to anybody i mean so many people 
I've either seen his interviews or listened to his audiobooks and things like that. His voice is so unique. It's funny mm-hmm. in its own right. Like it is it is David Sedaris. Like if you hear that voice, you go, Oh, that sounds like David Sedaris. You know what I mean? Um and I think that, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Like there is there is something that uh comes from this realization that I I also would argue pushes us towards this questioning of um work ethic and and what it means to 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 really master something you know Mm -hmm. because this is this is like you read this book and this is this is a workshop in writing you know i mean Mm -hmm. like how you write this well is such a focus on on you know uh what he goes through in, in in all of this right he he uh he points out that the only words like early on the only words that this french teacher says that matter like the qualifiers are the ones that he doesn't understand mm-hmm. right like all the articles all the in between stuff he gets but the the, the qualifiers are, he just writes as gibberish um because he doesn't understand them and then to get to the end and have him understand everything is 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 fantastic i, I love that at one point he's mirroring mirroring his his earlier self in carolina uh avoiding the s's where he just refuses to speak the language while in france entirely and he's just Mm -hmm. listening and paying attention you know and and to be an observer i would argue is is the primary trait of a good writer you 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 have to observe to be able to 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 be able to execute Uh, and the same as a comedian right yeah observe absolutely the nuance of of the mundane and you make it refreshing and new and unique and you know, you're a filter for just, you know, what's the deal? You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I have um, of late been watching comedians and cars and stuff like that. And it seems like Seinfeld is desperate. Like the, the point of the show almost seems to be him desperately trying to get as many people of that status as possible to agree that to be a comedian is the hardest and, 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 and that they have a worthwhile profession and they're not clowns. You know what I mean? Yeah. But while also recognizing that they're, that they're clowns. Like, it's so funny to see the conflict in him that he hates that his success depends on a crowd of strangers who he thinks are way less intelligent than him for sure. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like th- then he would just be picking up strangers on the street. That would be hilarious. Could you pick up a stranger on the street and make them laugh for a car ride? Right. Like that would be not only difficult, but hilarious. But he picks up other comedians. So he has, mm-hmm. you know, th- this whole thing. And uh, but with with Sedaris, I would bet that he could sit in a cafe and have anybody walk up to him and it would become whole. It would become funny. You know, watch his master class. You'll see why I said what I said earlier. <laughs> I see he, what I said. He he mentions that scenario like almost exactly about what is the first really? thing you say to someone because he his what his one segment is called i hate small talk nice and it's about so i don't want to give anything away for the uh listener if you you know just download it you probably get like a i don't know ip torrents or pirate pay or um <laughs> any number of <laughs> yeah torrents. yeah absolutely i don't know i i but yeah that that definitely um is is just absolutely absolutely fascinating um, and yeah. I, 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 I think that, I don't know. I, I, I really do wonder how much, 
You know what? I don't wonder, actually. I really do think that th- what we're saying and, and all this that's come out of it um, was absolutely intentional. Th- yeah. That this was my put final, together with purpose. My final thought is just that this is a very focused. Yes. Um, it dabbles in the absurd. It dabbles in um, the painful cruelty mm-hmm. of just existence. Whether, you know, whether you're straight core normie yep or you're some version of what people call an other to all varying degrees yep yeah it's painful it is man But he finds the hot he finds the humor in that and and i would my final thought would be and kind of why i i set this up the way i did is like for some reason the inclusion of jazz really resonated with me Mm because jazz like comedy is improvisation right but it is improvisation on the back of countless hours of work and thought and focus and 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 you know trying essentially and failing miserable what's that seinfeld would disagree about comedy being improvisation right but like here's the thing when you go in front of a crowd no matter how polished you are which he claims to be constantly right you are gonna like Seinfeld still bombs and he talks about that he's very in so much you're talking about like the working the working out the routine okay yeah you fail you fail constantly I can go for something but if I don't have 20 hours behind attempting that thing that feels not gonna work you know and and I'm, I'm gonna fail but I might find something else new or I might see that something else is resonating with the crowd and I'm gonna hold on to that and make a mental note right and so the idea that this this like uh, idea between like the the hard work and then the improvisation, the l- being present in in the moment to 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 enhance your craft, um, I think really shines through as well, uh, and and that's the link here I, I, for me. Why why, right. why I kind of put I'm them together? It. Yeah. Hey, speaking of jazz. Yeah, boy. We have a, we have a record. Yes, Domi and J D Beck. Um, Say that again. This is the record segment of Book Record Beer. This is the record segment of Book Record Beer. And the the record is a very recent offering uh, from uh, Domi and J.D. Beck. Uh, many, many, many guests on this came out this year. There's 15 songs. Um, you have people like Thundercat on a couple. You have Mac DeMarco. Uh, you have Herbie Hancock, right, to show like the range of, of mm-hmm. guests here. I mean, you 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 have Busta Rhymes and Snoop Dogg. I mean, it's 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 kind of wild the the number of guests that are on this, given the music that they're playing. Um, what is that number? What is what number? How many guests? Uh, seven or eight? I yeah, think I'm one. I mean, one of the songs has like eight alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Anderson Pac ones are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that has like, uh, yeah, that's the one with Buster Rhymes and Snoop Dogg and all those guys too. Um, so, but in, in any case, one of the things that I thought was hilarious was not only do we have Sedaris's father as a huge jazz fan, which was the initial thing where I was like, oh, maybe we'll get a jazz group for this for this one. Um, <laughs> I picked them when I looked at their. Did you ever look at their homepage? 
I only listen to the music. Okay, so this is what if you look if you click the about section on their website, mm-hmm. this is what it reads. Domi is a 12-year-old saxophone prodigy from France. She developed her own unique sound by combining major thirds and major fourths. Not only is she the only living theoretical physicist, but she is the youngest person to receive a Nobel Prize in physics. J.D. Beck is a six-year-old sheep investigator from Texas. He received a Ph.D. in quantum physics at Stafford, Stanford University earlier this year. He has since devoted his life to smooth jazz and wishes to be taken seriously in the music industry. Together, they are the duo Domi and J.D. Beck. They've been gaining traction on social media since summer of 2018 for their bodybuilding master classes and have been working on their debut album since the beginning of 2019. That's kind of dumb. I, dude, I, I was, I was it's reading It's absurd. It's, 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 it's pointless. There was no point to that. Here's the thing. I think why it sorry, struck me I'm was derailing because probably what you know why you're bringing this it, up, no absolutely sorry. did thank you i yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I mean, all we would have had it was just like this this cast is going exactly how the cast would have went had gregorio been here except minus one extra layer of laughter that, and, and in the back <laughs> that's what it would have been like a gregorio laugh but the the reason i pointed that out is because it's probably directed that's- that's a sick bird on Gregorio, by the way, folks. <laughs> it's probably directed at people like me who are like, what's the hip new jazz thing? And and then went to the thing and we're like, oh, these cats are wild. You know what I mean? Like that. He's a six year old <laughs> sheep. It's like, oh, not, fuck off. Well, it's so. Here's the thing. Uh, who goes to the website but some old head? No young person's going to the website. They're on the they, Spotify where none of that's there, and no, it's literally just, uh, you know, they they know them because of you know the fact that they 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 listen to, uh, you know, Mac DeMarco or or, or, they, or Thundercat or, or or they fancy themselves you know, hip jazz cats you know aficionados. They wish yeah. people they wish everybody read that and laughed their asses off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. I think we can't forget that. W- musicians for the most part musicians and writers share this right and comedians this is another thing that came out of comedians cards they right? all think they're funnier than they are they're all lonely we yeah. all do the thing by ourselves for hours mm-hmm. right we yeah. don't really have that many friends we are very lonely insular cats who then do this thing where we pretend like we're the coolest thing you know, mm-hmm. and, and that we sh- and you should listen to me. You should watch me. You should f- laugh at me. You should fucking <laughs> download me. You know what I mean? And so I think it is uh, it could be that they're playing on that. It could be that they're just dorks. And, you know, I think they're dorks and they were they're young doing the whole look. Look at how quirky I am. Oh, right. It's so crazy to say this thing. Uh, did you? I feel like you're. Sorry, that bothers me so much. I don't know I, why. I, it really does. Yeah, I think I need to. You, I need therapy. After yeah, this. really. Do you got a good? Maybe. <laughs> hey, I was gonna do say. Do you guys maybe, have a good therapist? I. You know you what? You should try. Uh, <laughs> sorry, pretend like we were a real podcast. I was gonna. Oh right, plug, right. Yeah, we have a sponsorship with. Uh, um, uh, a psych. What is it? The good one eight hundred number. Yeah. One eight hundred therapist. Yeah, the district gave us something, and nobody was taking new clients. I was like, guys, your your boy is is struggling. Somebody, please. And they were all like, we're about three months out from taking anybody new. Yeah. Oh, man, it was brutal. That was the other thing uh, that would have been beneficial. Yeah, why, was like, Dan, why was Dan so mad at <laughs> a thing that only four people are ever going to read? 
<laughs> also, I think that you're being a little prejudicial based on how they dress as well. I think that you 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 might be don't just, know what they don't know what they look like. You listen to them on Spotify. The album is them. I don't listen to Spotify. I use Apple Music. I'm not a you don't monster. see the you don't see the cover of the album. Oh, uh, it's little. You know, I'm like driving. It's little. Like, all right, all right, all right. So let's get into it. What it, what it, I mean, I I have a sense of what you're gonna say. <laughs> what did you? No, actually, I really wanted to hate it so much just so I can have a thing. But right. I actually was like, lie, Dan. This is actually pretty cool. I thought so. You would I really, like it. Yeah. I, I really, really liked it. Um, but what it really made me want to do was listen to Anderson Puck. I see. Okay. And that makes sense. I am not saying that these. Uh, what's the name of the group? Uh, the name of the group is uh, Domi and JD Beck. I always want to say Dobie, like Dobby or something, yeah. but it's yeah, Domi. Yeah, Domi and JD Beck. I want. I. They can fucking play. Yeah. No joke. That said, <laughs> when I was listening to this album, I was like, man, I would enjoy this so more if, if I could see this live, where it could be just a little bit more loose. Yep. It just seemed, it seemed too clean. And then, um, repeated phrasing was was one of the things that bothered me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I and. You know, the jazz gods might not <laughs> smile on me for this, but Herbie Hancock, it's pretty cool. But uh, is he on there just because you wanted to have Herbie Hancock to give you, like, credibility? You know, it's funny because... We're so hip, we're going to get someone that was awesome in the 60s. Well, I'll say this. I saw Herbie Hancock at the Met right before the pandemic. It was the last show I saw before the pandemic, and it was a split bill between Herbie Hancock and, um, uh, oh my God, who was the other headliner? It was actually who we, who we, my brother and I went to see. Um, but in any case, Darius Her- Rucker. <laughs> oh my God, what a weird crowd! Wow, <laughs> this is bizarre, bro. Um, no, no, it, it was, it was. Uh, I can't believe his name is escaping me. I fucking. Love that band. Um, obviously not enough. But uh, in any case, Herbie was the first one out, right? So it was just like mm-hmm. each of them played for an hour and a half. Um, and I was like, oh, like because all I know is 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 that video with the robots and, and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if that dude can fucking wail. And he is entertaining as shit. And his band yeah. was really good. So I, if I hadn't ever seen him live, I would have had the exact same reaction. Um but I think that he brings something out of artists because he then came yeah. back on with the with the co-headliner um, and you saw elevation happen. Like you saw them get lifted a little bit. Um, so I'll say maybe it was that. Maybe they just they you know, maybe they saw the same fucking tour and were like, we're putting out this album. Let's see if we can do this thing. You know, I'm not nar- I'm not knocking Herbie Hancock, but um, because I understand the sentiment it makes perfect good. sense. It's if this is why jazz is dead. If you're trying to push the art forward, you don't do it by having a guest feature of someone that was pushing the art forward fucking over 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder about jazz, though. Like, is is jazz... I always feel like it's just unto itself. Like, it doesn't follow the rules that you're alluding to, which would be normal for, like, pop music or even 
rock mm-hmm. music and stuff like I, I I'm not sure that it needs to subscribe to that because like like Black Midi for instance they they border on jazz I think a little bit yeah um and they they just put out like a a fucking lounge album yeah you know um, it's too smooth it was too smooth this one was very smooth that that's my yeah. the one big thing that I I, I take uh, some offense to is like if you're gonna be this this you, you know this sort of like live acting but also like you're kind of like taking the baton a little bit um mm-hmm. push it as far as you can because that's the only thing that jazz has actively done without question it's like let's push mm-hmm. it how do we push it let's push it how do we push it you know um and i i do have th- like that's ingrained in me from my drum teacher because that was his exact thing he was like uh, apparently he and 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 uh gets in those and, and charlie bird when they went to south america it was the government that paid for them to go it was like an army thing and then he went out into the streets and and, and was jamming and stuff like that and he was like no we got to stop doing this and bring back this which was you know ultimately bossa nova music yeah, and that's I, I picture, that's pushing it man like you gotta go let's abandon this money maker you know right now because you're talking about the mm-hmm. 60s like when jazz was I mean, the cat's meowed, man. I, <laughs> I picture a scenario that goes something like this. What's the guy's name? JD from the band, right? Right. And what's the other person? Nomi? Domi. D. No, Domi. No, Domi. I picture JD. He's sitting in his house, and he hears this thing come on the old, uh, the old tube radio. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks up the phone, and he calls Domi, and he says, Hey. You know that sound you've been looking for? <laughs> Listen to this. And it's Duke Ellington. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. <laughs> oh, From 1942. <laughs> uh, so you think that the, that there maybe is an affectation here of, of this older this older stuff where they're 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 working yeah, well, not, through their their influences. Yeah, it's not old. It's not like that big band stuff. It's not certainly not big band. But yeah, right. I think that it's it's not wholly unique. It's it's what exactly what modern jazz sounds like. Yeah. And the only time it was really cool is when they had the guest, Anderson Puck. Anderson Puck is not who we would say is like a jazz guy. Right. I don't I don't know how I would classify Anderson Puck. He's definitely jazzy, yeah, but he's not jazz. So when you had someone pushing it in that other direction, kind of pulling on their on their uh, giving giving their all uh, jazz balls a tug, yeah, you know that was a. Uh, I think that's where they were the most surprising. <laughs> jazz balls a tug. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think, but I'll give them credit to your point that they rose to the occasion in those moments. Um, I think they should just be a backing band for someone that's like way better than them. That's that's someone because that, then they'll be elevated. Yes. Yeah. My biggest it's a, a little um, side thing. My one of my biggest com- critiques on Stevie Ray Vaughan is that his band was not up to snuff. They held him back, and I think there that you go. That's I'd agree with that. Are a really good band being held back by whatever their kind of. Um, I don't want to say narrow-minded because that's that's not right. But whatever whatever their straight ahead views of what they think their jazz should be. Yeah, I don't want to knock them because the stuff is good. It's smooth, and if they came to town, like yeah. I said, I would love to be in the room while that's being 
while, while, while there's creation, where there's, there's the opportunity for that spark of, of improvisation or, or they're going to go somewhere different with the tune. Yep. Or maybe someone fucks up and then they got to figure it out. You know, that's. Yeah. That's like, a that's show. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, 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 I think I think we're, we're much in the same page here. I, I really wanted to because I know you always push me to think like out of my comfort zone for the, for the music, especially like what the hell could we put in here that isn't. And these guys, I, I thought. I just I like that I was conflicted and going back and forth like maybe it's this maybe it's that and then being constantly remind or constantly reminding myself well this is their first album like this is their first offering mm. and they're 12 and 6 years old so I, maybe we're you being know, too harsh I, and and they've done quite a bit in their 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 young lives so I think yeah. that <laughs> but but yeah to to your point I think that is one of the things here like this this is your first one and I it's really funny for me because like a couple weeks ago i told you I, I think i mentioned to you already like um i contacted some of my buddies from the very first like band band that i was in in high school and we were listening back to the tunes because they didn't have the record anymore so i sent them the mp4s or whatever and we were talking about oh we were listening to so much at the drive-in back then or we were listening to, uh, the guitarist was listening to so much deftones back then it was just like a very funny conversation to see like on the surface and even then we didn't realize that we were working through influences and, and stealing and figuring out what we wanted and what we didn't um and and listening back it's not that it's pronounced but you know it better because now you've listened for 25 years to both mm -hmm. this and the stuff that was influencing you so i wonder like if if they're gonna you know look at this one and then maybe do like a black midi and and come out with something like way different you know mm -hmm. uh so it's, it's a solid outing i just you know when i listen to jazz um i listen to like i listen to a lot of jazz kamasi washington god there damn it go. that's who the fuck it was yeah it was kamasi i mean now that dude is pushing it he's pushing it exactly and then uh, to my point when uh herbie came out i mean they he was pushing them he mm -hmm. uh, he was moving it and and so yeah that uh, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but I just remember no 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 that's that's, that's great yeah yeah Kamasi Washington so when I listen to jazz and I'm not like you know a jazz dude where I'm like ah yeah you know who played bass on the you yeah know, Blue Dolphin well, that's uh, the same take dude three, who's like you know who knows all the baseball stats and like when this happened and all that that's the same dude oh here so listener and Nick if you ever get stuck talking to somebody that's like one of those jazz guys and like you don't like you just want to like be out, you know, you don't, you don't want a cop to be like, yeah, I don't know that stuff. All you got to do is just say, ah, oh, oh, fuck. Who was the bass player? <laughs> and, then, and, and then they're going to be like, oh, it was Big Bill Brunzi. Who's obviously not. He's a guitar player. <laughs> Big Bill but they'll, Boomsy. they'll say some, <laughs> some bullshit <laughs> name. Big Bill Boomsy. <laughs> Brunzi. He's like, he was an old guitar player. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was Roy Donk, you know. <laughs> ah, it was the Reverend Horton Heat. Yeah, and you're and and they're gonna and then you say, oh fuck yeah, how could I forget that? And then, right, right. And then you say, oh fuck, I gotta go. And ah, now you've saved man. face. Yep. Anyway, nice. Um, Education. I don't even lying. know where this is going. I don't really have much more to say about this. I feel like I dig it. If they came to Chris's Jazz Cafe, I'd see them. Yep. If they played Union Transfer, sounds really good there. So maybe then, but that's like crowd too big. might annoy me there. 
the crowd would absolutely annoy me anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Oh, man. Did the crowd annoy you at Man Man? No, no, they didn't. They, yeah, I was gonna say they didn't annoy me there, which I was surprised by because I thought I was. But there wasn't there wasn't much of a crowd, and we were third row back, so right, there was yeah, a lot we of room were, for. Uh, we were essentially on stage. Yeah, we saw the national last night out in Harrisburg. It was an outdoor venue. Oh wow, that was cool. The crowd was it like the not, man. Um, at their skyline stage. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I like that. So, so it's like you know, it's a stage, and then you're all in the field. Hey. Why aren't stages just five feet taller? Just make the stage five feet higher. Yeah. Why do they decide that every stage should be just where if you're not six foot, if anyone stands in front of you, you'll, you never, you'll never see? <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking ridiculous. It you're is. Already building, you're already building it like six feet off the ground. Just Double make it. it. even 11. Yeah. Yeah. Double it. Make it an even 11. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that crowd last night was not annoying because they were all <laughs> curmudgeons like myself. Oh, nice. Everybody's got their yeah. arms crossed. Yeah. And nobody could, like, you know, nobody was doing anything because you could not uncross your arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, I would probably, to your point, I would see them in a venue that I think would be suited to my old man niche and my, uh, I don't know, ability to take the risk that of seeing a show that may or may not be good. I don't have the like luxury of going to as many shows anymore. And mm -hmm. so I, I have to really be specific. Like I'm going to melt banana. I'm going to, uh, uh, was it, um, fucking Wilhelm scream next week. I'm going to McCluskey. I'm going to these, like these, shows that i know i can't help but be moved by uh mm -hmm. and uh i do i do now i'm not as adventurous and i i don't like that about myself at this point i want to listen i want to still is, go man i want to i want to time is valuable you know it is it is but you got to be precious music is is also really valuable um i think to me anyway yeah but if you can only see a couple of them you know, per season. Make it worth, yeah. Make it worth, yeah. wow. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, Modest Mouse is coming back and doing the Lonesome Crowded West uh, top to bottom. And that was another one I bought recently. I'm like, I got to, you know, I got to. They're all fucking have, Thursday shows, too. Yeah. Have we have we entered our nostalgia act phase of our, of our life? Yeah, right? Oh, God, I hope not. But that has been the thing. I think, actually, that is a product of COVID, is, like, what's yeah. going to sell um absolutely it's it's people are like well you know i had this scary thing where i like couldn't get out of the house for long enough and and all i wanted to do was like you know a lot of people who don't see shows regularly unlike ourselves were like you know what i'd love you know what we used to do <laughs> we used to go to shows like we used to go two shows you know and dance like a lunatic yeah pretending that there aren't people right next to you <laughs> <laughs> it's the best um and so in any case, yeah, yeah. Let's Yeah, we saw we saw Nico Case a couple of weeks ago and that was really nice. great. Because on the on the way there, I was like, Man, I hope she just plays the hits. Did she just is she putting out a new album or something? And and the answer was yes, it was <laughs> a greatest hits album. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. she only played you know, like I, I would know all of her songs anyway, but it was a Tom Petty played, show. 
she played like the best of the best. And I was like, this is what concert should be. <laughs> that is why definitely the old man. Why don't Kermotin all phase? artists just have a uh, 20 year career <laughs> and then play their best shit? Come on, get with it. Uh, I don't want to be there. Right. You, I mean, going back to that, not having to suffer the degradation. Right. I don't want to be there when they're like working stuff out and figuring it out. I want to be there after they've perfected it all and figured yeah. out what the 20 tracks are that are just going to just be sauce every time. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to go to the Fringe Festival. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's where we differ. I do, but yeah. I don't think I have the time. <laughs> That's the difference. I am being facetious. I know. Um, hey, speaking, speaking of, of facetious, <laughs> let's jump into our beer segment. Mm. So oh, yeah. I'm going to go first because uh, this is the marquee beer. Absolutely. Um, it's the one we're going to talk about because it's Oktoberfest. Um, so this is, I don't know how to say the name of this brewery, Weintenstaffen. Stoffen, or it's W-E-I-H-E-N-S-T-E-P-H-A-N-E-R. This is their Fest beer, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, just another name for their um, Oktoberfest. Of course. So what is an Oktoberfest? What I'm reading this from beerconnoisseur.com. Cobb? Com. <laughs> what makes an Oktoberfest beer other than trademark? Traditionally speaking, these are dark-colored lagers brewed to be about 5.5 to 6% ABV. Uh, they're brewed in March, dubbed Marzen, and slowly fermented throughout the summer months to allow rich malt flavors to develop. And then they're they're um, you know they're tapped in uh, September for the Oktoberfest celebrations that are not um, delegated to only uh, German, German and I guess Prussian countries. Yeah, we got them now. Right, we uh, Pennsylvania makes a lot of good Oktoberfests. Um, Great Lakes out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio makes a wonderful Oktoberfest. Who's the one? Wasn't it Victory that has the Fest beer? That's really Fest pretty good. I like yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, last year or two years ago, our very own Yards Brewery got into the game with their Unterdog. Nice. That's a good one. I just saw recently that um, I think Philadelphia Brewing Company had like scores of hops cut down by the city because they were growing them in a garden. Mm. And the, the city came in and just removed them, and it was pretty f- fucked up. It was like $10,000 worth of hops. That is fucked up. Yeah, dude. And they had signs. They actually had the inspector come out and okay them, but there was a miscommunication, and then they sent dudes like a week later to just cut it all down. Fucking crazy. In any case. On private property. Right. It, it's nuts. It's because it's in the in the city, and, and they think every alleyway is theirs. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that sounds delicious. I am a big fan I had here's the thing. Yesterday was the 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 Ardmore uh, uh, festival, and so it was all the breweries and live music and and all this stuff. And so I went, and whilst there, I tried the Oktoberfest offerings. I was like, these are all pretty good, um, but I want to get something weird for the cast tomorrow. And of course, Tired Hands was it was at the Tired Hands thing, so it was more a matter of convenience than me, uh, you know. Trying to so trying to do shit up. You had the opportunity to get an Oktoberfest, and you went with. I did. I drank the Oktoberfest. I didn't care for them as much. I thought this was cool. I liked it. So you went with. <laughs> I think I'm trying to hold on to summer a little bit too. I went with Fuzzy Green, which is a fresh cucumber IPA from Tired Hands, brewed with malted wheat and K 
conditioned on a mountain of Persian cucumber puree. It's uh, dry hopped pretty heavily with uh, Cascade, Equinot, and Simcoe. This beer is crisp and quenching. Kind of hardly beer at all. It has tangerine notes, watermelon rind, fresh cucumber, summer salad, and uh, sweet lime. So it has, you know, basically I think that's what's happening is I'm trying to hold on to yeah. a little bit a little bit of summer. But you know, it's weird because I do love – I love autumn. It's my favorite season yeah. Like well, like far and beyond all the others, but it's so it's so original. Yeah, right. Everybody's a fucking <laughs> autumnal fan. I, I it, which is all of a sudden, which is weird though, right? Like, because everybody seems, in my memory, to love summer. You either love summer or you loved winter when you were no, a kid. People, people like hashtags. That's what they like. Is that what it is? Yeah. Spooky. I would, it's dude. I was the season. only one. Everybody would make fun of me because they were like, "Dude, your birthday's in the summer. The summer is the best. There's no fucking school. You go to the beach. It's incredible." And other people were like, "Yeah, but the the winter's fucking great because it snows. You can sled. There's time off too. You know, we don't you know go to school. Whatever. I mean, we had no, two summers. F- the worst. I hate summer. Yeah. I I've I feel like looking back, I've always hated it. But now with the the kid, I do like spending time with them. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy spending a few minutes with my kids. But I, I think no, because you're because you you have time. If you had that time in the spring or the fall, oh, it would be those. so preferable, and it'd be so much better. So much better because I wouldn't have to put sunscreen on anybody. I mean, most of my day is sunscreen actually to make That's sure I don't burn these check babies to a crisp. It's important. <laughs> yeah, um, but in any case, this one. I, dude, I really I do love it, though. I think it's really good. And I tell you what, Manny Young Brewing Company in, it, it brought it out of me with their, with their Goza that, that I think it was called like a quench or something, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I like it. I, I so like I, yeah, cucumber I and beer. I think it's a good pairing. I've seen that beer from Tired Hands. I think that's the one um, on the label. It says zero employees have been abused during the making of this beer. <laughs> okay. Right? How did you make me laugh at that? <laughs> you dickhead. It's also called Fuzzy Green, which is just it just seems untoward. Yeah, they're they're not I mean the owner is still in charge, but they're not nice people, are they? We've been hearing that about that one and quite a few breweries in fact. It doesn't have to be like we've been hearing. That was like major news. They started the whole Yeah, cuz it was a, what boys a, band together and it was like a female brewer put a blog post or something out there right yeah 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 absolutely i mean are you, are you suggesting i shouldn't here's what i'm them? suggesting because yeah, you do whatever the you do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> i'm just saying that here's information and now you've got decisions to make the owner is still in charge he's still reaping all the benefits of whatever they're doing there he just says that him and his wife aren't part of the day-to-day operations of running the places gotcha so this guy that was behaving like a like a dickhead still getting that money he's just not being a dickhead to the people anymore under his uh staffage i guess right faces right yeah i i guess i have to look into it a little bit more because i do genuinely care about the places that i give the few bucks that i fucking have and it is right around the corner from your house. It's going to be a tough decision. Yeah, I mean, it's the only brewery I can walk to, which sucks. Um, yeah. I w- steal the beer, then. Just steal the beer. 
<laughs> it is fucking okay. expensive too. <laughs> it is. Hey, let's um rate these beers and uh do you want to do a full rating system here? If you Something like, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I, I, All right. I, I'll let you go first with the marquee. All right. So um, I really like this wine, Hostafana. Am I doing like the full ratings or are we just talking about the beer? I thought we were just talking about the beer and then you were going to jump into okay. the, oh, the yeah. full guys. All right. So so the, the uh, wine, Hostafana, my final thoughts on it is it is an excellent Oktoberfest. Um, Beautiful. And I'm glad... Because I have five more of these upstairs. Oh, yeah. Um, what I want to do is head up to New Ridge Brewing and see if they have a fest or an Oktoberfest. I didn't see it a few weeks one few weeks ago, but I hope they have one. I love Oktoberfest. They're one of my favorite styles. Malty. Give me that, yep. give me that sweet, sweet malt. Um, this one has that slight little tinge of, um, of skunk, but it's just, it adds instead of the tracks. Hmm. It's really nice. The moths kind of come back like, oh, no, 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 no. It tucks it back in. It tucks the skunk back in. <laughs> Go to bed, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's K- a great kinder- description. Kindergarten. <laughs> I don't know why I rolled my R. That's not a German. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my final thought on the uh, Weinhausdefiner Fest beer. Nice. Uh, in fact, uh, to, to, to bring back a, a previous mention, my next door neighbor who was diehard with Oktoberfest um, he had me because I had a big 15 passenger van that I would uh, tour in uh, take all the alcohol to his daughter's wedding. And uh, he paid me in, in beer, obviously. And it was that beer that you're drinking, not the Oktoberfest. They were like normal lager or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it was these big like the Le Fin du Monde size, like 22s or whatever they were. Um, and I was like, wow, this is like nothing because I, I was, I think. 22 or something i was like this is not what we drink in westchester this is this is fantastic buddy and he was like yeah you you really got to get it together um so in any case that's a little little tie-in but that's a fantastic beer i will certainly seek out the oktoberfest now and um this one is it's really good the one thing i will say about this brewery is is i think they're they're consistently good and to bring it back to another thing uh, they do take risks and try and be inventive. Uh, you know, they, they for, um, for, for better or worse, probably many would argue for worse, you know, <laughs> began this uh, milkshake IPA craze and, and these, these really just like thick uh, footy IPAs and things like that. Um, and, you know, uh, some of them, are really up my alley and I, I I can't get enough of them. And also in my older age, I do like, you know, cause they're sold in four packs. I do like being able to drink two beers and be pretty well lit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, a, oh, you'll get that. That's, that's a, that's, that to me is like a, a, a check in the, in the correct column. Um, but this one, I, I just like it as a drinking beer. I, I like to have something that's tasty like this that suits the day and suits the uh, occasion and and yesterday especially um this this really suited the occasion of you know the 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 first festival that that we were able to to go to in in the new town and stuff like that um obviously didn't hold a a candle to the manny young art festival but it was uh it was it was pretty nice and uh some delicious brews were had so pretty good pretty pretty damn good if this is the kind of thing you think you might be into jill thought it was disgusting hmm. 
Well, there's that. There's that. What, <laughs> what's the What's the rating system? All right, I'm going to paint a picture here. I've not been doing much writing, so I'm going to um, I want to paint a little word picture. Oh here yeah, get in, get in. All right, so it's it's 2012. Right on. It's September. James Eha has just released his second solo album, Look to the Sky. It's a, it's a Sunday morning. Had no idea he'd really released any. It's a Sunday morning. The windows are open. Air conditioner's off. Getting that cool, cool breeze coming in. Laying in bed with the lady. Track three comes on. Gemini. You start performing Cunnilingus on her. <laughs> Go on. Uh, that's as far as I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> which might be as far as you get in the actual scene if that were to play out. Yeah, I'm good. I'm um, good. Oh my god. So I give. <laughs> What's the I system? Give, I give. Um, David Sedaris's "Me Talk Pretty One Day" two out of two James E. Ha solo albums. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I give the album by Domi and JD Beck. Yes, I give that one out of two James Eha solo albums. And I give this Vine Hostafaner Festvier two out of two James Eha solo albums plus a bonus track off of a perfect circle. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> wow, that really went. That really went away. Um, so I am going to, of course, second your me talk pretty one day rating. I give that two out of two James E. solo albums. Um, I give Domi and JD Beck's not tight, um, an ironically titled album. Now that we've talked about it um i would say i would give them like a one and a half uh james eha all right all right you didn't get to this to the b side of uh album two got it <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't um and i would give this uh tired hands fuzzy green uh probably also one and a half uh james eha solo albums i did i didn't, I didn't see it through I, I i i quit halfway much like your uh your introduction to the rating system uh, did <laughs> nice awesome right, uh, thanks for listening listeners um this is season six the next time you hear us it'll be episode one of season seven season seven and Jesus. it will be the spooky <clears throat> spooky season we are going to do literally everything in our power to ensure that the recording goes smoothly and there are no hiccups no uh, breakdowns of communication. There are numerous contingencies in place, and we will get a solid, solid cast to you. And that means no guests. <laughs> 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 if we want those things to happen until we can all be in the same room again. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, yeah, we, we shall see how this one goes. <clears throat> um, if you're interested and you... I think everybody listening to this, I could wager, already knows what all the socials are, but they are on Instagram, on Facebook. We are not on Instagram. We are not on Instagram. We are. <laughs> we are excluded. We, yeah. 
<laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, man. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. And we are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and probably everywhere where you get you music. Get, yeah, that's, more, that's the more important thing. That's where we are. Where that's can, where you can you listen to us? us? You don't need to hear our banter every two years about some inane thing that popped into our heads because that's essentially yeah. our social media presence at this point. Pretty, pretty much. Yes. All right. Uh, All right. Thank you so much, Daniel. I love you. Love you. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Cling. Bing bong.